and welcome to this week's Times Will Tell, the Times of Israel weekly podcast. I'm Jessica Steinberg, your host of this feature. And this week, I headed to Arad, a city on the border of the Negev and Judean deserts, about 25 kilometers west of the Dead Sea and 45 kilometers east of Beersheba, and sort of the back door to Masada. This was where 200 participants gathered on Sunday to take part in Spencer Tunick's third installation at the Dead Sea. Tunick is an American photographer, and he was here to support the establishment of the planned Dead Sea Museum in Arad, raising awareness about the retreating waters of this natural phenomenon. The project was in cooperation with the Tourism Ministry, the Arad Municipality, and the Dead Sea Revival Project, following his two earlier installations that helped raise awareness of Israel as a tourism destination. His 2011 shots of the Dead Sea included photos of the models covered with Dead Sea mud. This time, they were told to cover their bodies with white body paint, channeling Lot's wife, the biblical character who turned into a pillar of salt when she fled Sodom and turned back to look at her city. Tunic wanted to represent those salty pillars, including those that are under the Dead Sea waters. The deep azure of the Dead Sea was visible in the distance from the windy, rocky plateau. Much of the attention during the hour-long photo session was on their participants, who ranged in age from 19 to about 70, standing barefoot for much of the time on a sharp, rock-strewn hilltop. They sort of looked like a nude exercise class as they would bend and straighten, taking off the brown slip-on sandals that they did wear for a brief walk to the top of the hill. We, the press... The media were seated and standing about 10 meters away, close enough to hear Spencer Tunick shouting instructions on a megaphone, but far enough not to bother them. The day began at the Arad Community Center, where all participants had to sign in before being shuttled to the windy hilltop where the photo shoot took place. That's where I interviewed a few of the volunteer models who helped get this week's podcast started. Have a listen. My name is Elias Dandecker. 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 That's a good last name. Indian Jewish name. Ben wow. Israel. Yeah. Okay, so Elias, you just mentioned to me that you participated in this 10 years ago. Um, I'm curious, what made you participate 10 years ago and why are you participating again? What are your reasons for being in, this, in today's installation? Well, um, first of all, it's because I like to be part of art. I also... Uh, I take part in art installations, especially nude art and historical art and cultural art. So, and I'm also a naturist or a nudist, some people say. So it's just a, actually a very exciting experience for me. So I decided to take part 10 years ago. It was something quite new, I think, in Israel, more or less. And when I heard that Spencer Tunic is coming back, so I decided uh, with my friend, Ruma, <laughs> Uh, to participate also in this installation. Okay, so I have a bunch of questions for you. Let's start with the naturalist nudist. What's Explain to us a little bit what that is. What is that about for you? What does it mean for you? Well, for me, um, it's part of uh, reconnecting to myself, letting go and shedding all the masks and, and layers of day-to-day life. And uh, with my experience in the army, uh, with a lot of stuff on me, you know, equipment and, and etc. So taking it all off 
was a liberating sensation. So for me, it's reconnecting to nature, re reconnecting to myself, and reconnecting to the world. It feels very archaic, very ancient, very the path of our ancestors. So that's what it means for me, at least. And what does it mean on a regular basis, given the fact that Spencer Tunick hasn't been here for 10 years? If you don't mind sharing a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Well, for me, is going to, well, first of all, at home, uh, I tend to go nude when there are no visitors and stuff, uh, unless there are also nude visitors, so everybody can uh, be just... As they are. Nude. Yeah, nude, <laughs> of course. And going to beaches, uh, taking part in art, I do, I write books about Jewish Indian history but, and culture, but I also uh, take part in uh, art installations, as I said before, as I mentioned. And nude art always feels to me like a connection to the ancient world and to myself and just me as I am and the people with me. So, so yeah, more or less uh, it's part of my day-to-day -day life with my relationship with You know, when I work at home and when I go to the beaches or to forests or to ceremonies sometimes that I attend, it's just uh, going back to my source, to our source. Right. Everyone has the same source yeah. in that sense. Wait, tell us a little bit about what you do. You said you're a writer. Yeah. Actually, I, I have my own publication house called Kamadan Mukadam Publication House. And I usually write about uh, Indian Jewish history especially the Bene Israel of India community, and PTSD related to army experience, and some other stuff that I'm developing at the moment. Okay, it sounds a little heavy-duty, or a lot heavy-duty. Yeah, but I like it. I mean, it's, it's also my work, and it's also my passion and my, my hobby. So I kind of combine both of them, or all of them. So what is it like to be a naturalist, nudist, with a lot of people who probably have not done this before? Is there some kind of uh, adjustment period of a few minutes, of an hour? In other words, you don't have that much time to be in the installation. But when you're so accustomed to it and you know what it's about for you, is it more difficult or easier to be with people who have never necessarily done it before? Well, I think as soon as people see that everybody around them are naked, so it's kind of a liberating sensation. I mean, for me, the first time I went... To the sea, you know, went inside the water nude. I couldn't understand why I've ever been with clothes in the water. I mean, the sensation is different. And in places where people, it's, for, it's their first time. So after the few minutes of maybe one minute, two minutes, five minutes of kind of awkwardness and what's going on, people usually start to laugh and then just become childish in a way, in a sense. And it's very kind of a naive, but in a very nice and correct way. For my experience, at least. Right. There's that, maybe the, the uncomfortable laugh, and then there's the, oh, this feels good. Maybe it's that kind of laugh, or it's sort of an, an adjustment period, like you're saying. I think it's a little bit of everything. And after, you know, when, when you see everybody's naked, and you're naked, and nobody's actually interested in, in, in you know, it, it's normal, if to put it in these words. So everybody kind, of, kind of forget that they're nude and they just go about their own stuff or talking to people or relating it to people and it feels normal 
I think for most people at least I can't speak for everybody but I think for most people when I asked friends and family and other people I you know I just met so they say it's a very liberating cessation as I said and it's very easy to connect to it in such an environment that you don't have to feel ashamed or afraid or what he or she are going to say right. so yeah what about and what about the art aspect of it the you know Spencer Tunick the photographer the Dead Sea the ish, the reason why he's doing this in order to bring attention to the the state of the Dead Sea what about those aspects of it for you well it's very unfortunate because you know the the, the places i've seen in the dead sea 10 years ago and also before and when i come to visit once a year twice a year or every two years now with the covid situation it's kind of difficult was difficult and um, it's very sad because i do relate to the reason that he's he decided to do it but i feel sad because the dead sea is disappearing so even with all the good intentions and the importance in such installations and such art i think it's unfortunately will be part of the past so we are taking part in history and i hope that it will make a difference a change at least in a set of mind of people and and i don't know i don't want to say governments yeah because they don't really care most of them but with the attention that it brings it can bring also some sort of healing towards the issues of of nature of the dead sea and of making it normal just to be ourselves do you have a photo from the last installation yeah actually i, w- I was interviewed also back then so it was on the newspaper in mariva i think mm-hmm. in the front cover mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah so <laughs> i i kind of uh, uh, framed it <laughs> and put it on the wall next to other installations and yeah. art pieces I did in the nude so yeah. okay so it's part of the collection in your home well yes it always makes my parents and family laugh when they come to visit and kind of uh, <laughs> makes also my wife <laughs> <laughs> laugh about it but it's part of me and now they they used to it so yeah it's who you are it is who I am and I think I've opened a portal to other people also to look into it see if they connect to it or not right offering that opportunity to other people and i'm here with adam redwine adam redwine who answered my call for english speakers who are participating in today's photo shoot adam tell us where you're from originally and how you came to be in arad So I grew up in the Midwest in the state of Iowa. Uh, my wife and I made Aliyah a couple of years ago, so we've been here for two and a half years now. Uh, we're both students, uh, and I heard about this event on a, a Haaretz podcast and decided this would be fun to participate in. Studied art when I was younger, so it seemed like a great opportunity. Okay, I have a lot of questions. Made Aliyah, tell us a little bit about your, tell us a little about your path, your journey to moving to Israel. Sure. So my wife lived in Israel when she was younger, and I lived in a couple different countries, France, Haiti, and Belgium. And uh, a couple years ago, before we made Aliyah, I had lost my job, and we just moved to a new place, so we had no connections. And it seemed like if this was the time we were going to move, uh, we should do it. And so we decided to make Aliyah. After we decided this, then we looked around, and uh, like I said, now we're both students. Living in? We live in Beersheba. 
which is where the university I attend is, Ben-Gurion University. And my wife is a student at Haifa, but because of COVID, she can attend by Zoom. Haifa is a far commute from Be'er Sheva. Um, are you both Jewish? Yes, yes, we are. She was born and raised Jewish. I converted uh, many years ago, a decade ago. Let's, let's go with the Spencer tunic and nude, uh, nude photo that's coming up in the next couple of hours. Are you here because of the opportunity to just take part in something really different? Are you here because of your feelings about the Dead Sea? All of it. Give us a little bit of a heads up about that. Sure. So partly about the Dead Sea, I have a good friend here who uh, comes about once a month and I've gone uh, with him regularly and I really, really enjoy the space and environment. Uh, for me personally, it's strongly about the connection to the fine arts. I started as an art history major studying art in Paris. Uh, and although I decided to move into engineering eventually because I thought it would be better to afford the arts than to uh, participate in them directly, um, this is a way that I can participate, which is, is great. And how about nude photography? Is this something you've done before? Nude beaches, nudity? No, no. I have no experience being nude in public, as far as I can recall, at least. Uh, I mean, maybe when I was a baby, but no. Does it feel weird? to? We're, we're, I'm just going to set the scene a little bit. We're in front of a pretty nondescript community center, kind of drab brown walls. It's a sunny day here, but the weather is actually very, very nice. Warm, but not too hot. And there's just this collection of people who have all gone through signing up on their forms and they are now, you're, we're all going to be boarding buses and shuttles over to the beach. So it's like you're sitting next to the people that you're, you will be nude next to them and any trepidation, nerves... No, no, not at all. Uh, I do know one person here who is a colleague of mine from the lab, but other than that, uh, the you know, I don't know anybody. So no, it's fine. I, to me, it feels perhaps like when you go to a doctor. If the doctor asks you to take off your clothes and you do it, and it doesn't feel awkward necessarily, it has a similar feeling to that. I know what you mean. It's true. It is basically like that. Or like the, when they tell you if you're nervous about something, speaking in front of an audience or a theater look out and imagine that everyone's in their underwear or just take it a step further and if they're nude. Sure. Yes, uh, I've, I've done a bit of public speaking and usually the light is bright on you and you can't see anybody and this helps. I think the light's going to be pretty bright today so we'll see each other, but uh, say la vie. Let's see what he packed in his bag today. Tell us. So, so uh, basic stuff for the sun. So I got a hat to keep the sun off, a towel for afterwards, a change of underwear, a, you know, a little jacket and stuff like that, and a book on physics because I am a student in nuclear engineering. So, Nuclear engineering. What were you asked in order to, to participate? Tell us a little bit about that process. Uh, the registration process was basically just a, a website form that you had to fill out with information, contact information, all this kind of stuff. You had to accept, you know, copyrights and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, nothing, nothing big and not a whole lot of information except the basic concept that we would be posing nude. Uh, they did tell us that we'll be wearing body paint, uh, so we'll be covered up with this. But um, yeah, I don't. That's that's basically all we got. Body paint. I did not know. But you know, you did not have to submit a photo. No, 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 no photo. They, anybody, they, they said, uh, uh, asked if you would remove colorful nail polish and no jewelry and all this kind of stuff. But that's, you know, because the artist is the one who's going to be setting what, what ultimately it looks like. So, yeah. Okay, helpful. Thanks again, Adam. So I am here with... Daniel. And Ariel. Ariel? Yes. Okay, and 
Is this your first time participating in a Spencer Tunic installation? Yes, it's the first time. First time, okay. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell me where you're from and then we can get into the aspects of nudity and photo installations at the Dead Sea. Okay, great. So, uh, well, we're originally from Geneva, Switzerland. We've been living uh, in Israel since 2014 and made Aliyah two years ago. So now we're here and we live in Herzliya. Uh, we love uh, Spencer Tunick's um, artwork. Uh, we, we have uh, one of his uh, prints at home. And uh, Ariel, my, my wife, is, uh, is the fan. <laughs> and she got into this whole thing for us. Tell me about when you started um, appreciating Spencer Tunick's artwork, Ariel. Um, I, I read an article on the magazine. Uh, it was like... A 10 or 15 years ago about his uh, art uh, work and uh, I found it uh, it's uh, very nice to to have people naked in a, but in a nice way so I started following him his work and uh, now we are uh, very lucky that uh, he's coming back uh, in Israel and to be part of uh, his project did you say to yourselves the next time Spencer Tunick comes back to Israel we're going to participate in the installation. Was that what you were thinking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did either of you have any hesitations? <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, uh, well, Ariel wanted to do it, definitely, and she uh, enrolled me into the whole uh, adventure. So, so here we are together. Now, very happy to do it, uh, you know, as a couple. It's, it's more about the experience itself than, uh, than the ultimate uh, artwork. I think uh, the day-to-day is going to be uh, full of discovery. It's a, it's a first for us, and it's going to be, uh, yeah, an experience. I mean, different people have different intentions here. There are the people who are doing it because of the Dead Sea and because of its erosion. And there are the people who are the art appreciators, perhaps like yourselves, who want to take part in an artwork being created. Um, there's obviously, there are people who are nudists who are look, always looking for opportunities to be in their natural state. So I'm curious, so you're clearly art appreciators. I wonder what else is driving you on this? Because it's, it's a big commitment this day. <laughs> true, true. Uh, no, definitely from the artistic perspective, uh, less so from the nudist uh, <laughs> involvement because uh, well, you know, it's not really uh, what we're in for. Uh, the Dead Sea aspect is, uh, is very interesting. Uh, we were actually two weeks ago uh, on a tour on the, the Dead Sea uh, by boat where you can actually get to some specific places you can't reach uh, from, from the shore. And I must say, you, you see how visibly the, the sea level is receding and it is, uh, it is an issue. So you know, over the past 30 years or 20 years, uh, it has been receding significantly and increasing awareness about the issue. And I think this whole project, the museum and Spencer's involvement and Harry's and everybody involved is a, is a great endeavor and uh, we're, we're happy to support it and to, to play our part to the extent possible. Did you go on the boat ride, which we've also written about in the Times of Israel a, f- a couple of different times. Did you go on the boat ride in preparation for this? Not really. We, were, uh, we, we liked the area and we were very happy to see the sea from another uh, point of view than usually on the beach. So it was beautiful experience, but also uh, you feel how... Uh, how the, 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 the problem is uh, deep and how we have to do something for the Dead Sea. And I guess the question is, do you feel like this project can help change the direction of the Dead Sea and the problems that it's facing? Honestly, I'm wondering. 
Look, I mean, it depends on what comes out uh, with this museum. I mean, if it's something with the architecture and the project is really stunning, it's going to raise awareness um, about the Dead Sea in general, and it's going to attract probably more people and visitors, which is always good. Now, solving the issue of the Dead Sea, the water uh, capacity, the geopolitical aspects with Jordan and uh, between Jordan and Israel on the supply of water, which has actually recently been increased significantly, uh, I think doubled. There was a a deal uh, struck a couple of days ago, is is something that is larger than, than art, let's say. But uh, if there can be awareness risen uh, by this uh, fact, I think it can help. It can always help a bit. This Times of Israel podcast is brought to you by Corin Publishers Jerusalem. Whether you're looking to enrich your mind or your soul, Corin Publishers has it all. From Israeli history to the works of Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi Steinsaltz, and other contemporary thinkers, including the brand new Magaman edition Corin Tanakh, with translation by Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Weinreb, Jessica Sachs, and many others. Times of Israel listeners can get 10% off your entire order. Just go to corinpub.com and use the code TOIPOD, that's K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B.com, and enter the code TOIPOD for your 10% discount. Uh, here we are on the plateau where Spencer Tunick will be photographing his subjects, and we are here with the mayor of Arad. Please introduce yourself. Nissan Ben Hamo, the mayor of Arad, and welcome to my office. Yes, his office for today or this afternoon is a plateau full of rocks. Um, how long have you guys been planning this uh, escapade, this adventure? Yeah, so the idea was born like two months ago when Ari, which is uh, involved with the uh, building of the future Museum of the Dead Sea and the idea of the uh, you know, promoting the situation of the Dead Sea, he came to me and asked me, how about Spencer? And I said, we love to. And he said, um, don't you think it will be a problem in Arad? I said, um, no. Arad is a pluralistic, liberal city. And uh, by the way, it's an uh, artist came to here uh, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, the well-famous writer Amos Souls wrote his a lot of books here in Arad. He said that Arad is it's news. So um, we welcome Spencer. It was uh, you know two months. It's not it's not a long time to uh, build this. Operation. It's not a long time at all. At all. <laughs> but once he said yes, we uh, by the way we need to say thank you to the Minister of Tourism that actually is involved with this uh, ambitious uh, installation and he said yes we want him to promote Israel we think that there's um, a value of public relation so they are involved the municipality is involved and Ari of course uh, the engine behind the scene uh, moving everything forward and uh, we reach the day Uh, it's amazing Okay, talk to me a little bit about Yam HaMelech, the Dead Sea, and Arad. Obviously, it's very intertwined, but how intertwined is it on a day-to-day basis? Talk to us a little bit about the region. So, Arad is the biggest city in the region. Actually, uh, we are the only city near the uh, Dead Sea. Back in the 70s, uh, Arad was the destination for the Dead Sea. People were coming for health and recreation purposes to this, uh, to Arad, uh, slept in the hotels and uh, guest houses, went down, it's only 15-20 minutes ride to the Dead Sea, and coming up to the nice climate of the mountain with the breeze, the cool breeze. So back in the 70s, we were the thing. 
And like, you know, in every good story, there is a twist in the middle the, during the 90s. And we need, need to be honest, uh, uh, due to uh, look, uh, weak local leadership, it's all about leadership. And uh, some other governmental decisions around got weakened. And, and actually, I say that we, I'm saying that we entered into a coma for 20 years. We woke up and now we need to reinvent ourselves. When you have all the development of the hotels in the Dead Sea, and um, my approach is that we do not compete, we complete. You have your hotels and we will give the more intimate uh, approach with the guest houses and the unique things that we have like singles of path bicycles from Arad to the Dead Sea and uh, hiking trails and a lot of um, um, uh, artists that... Uh, our home hospitality right. that, that they're uh, giving you a unique experience and uh, now we see it we see it we see a lot of tourists that are and choosing around as you know they want more after the corona the COVID-19 they want the intimate experience they don't want the crowded hotels and we are uh, um, we are here to answer their needs yes what's your own personal story with Arad? When did you get here? So it's a, it's, it's a long story. Please, give uh, time. <laughs> yeah. So I was born and raised in Arad. Really? Actually, I'm the first mayor who was born and raised in Arad. Wow. But like, like the second generation of this city, and this is part of the crisis of the 90s, uh, I, I left the city. Um, my fa- you know, my parents came here as the founders. They came in the 60s with the idea of building a new uh, city in the desert. And by the way, it's the first planned city. And it was a proof of concept that you can build a sustainable city in the desert. And for long years, Arad was a desired city. People wanted to come here to live because it offered quality of living and, and everything. But when you, do, you don't have continuity of this process, the second generation, people like me were leaving town. Uh-huh. Actually, I'm very fast found myself in uh, the high tech community. I was uh, vice president of one of the high tech companies, uh, general counsel, and life were great living in Tel Aviv, but okay. in the stomach somewhere it was like... In the gut. Yeah, I felt it like a, a, a slow cooking. I, I came here to visit my parents. I said, okay, the story cannot end like this. I need to do something. I didn't know what, but I need to do something. And, and I understood that if I want to change something, I need to take the leadership of the city. And it's a, it was a long process. We left everything behind, came wow. to the city. Uh, it came just, to the country, to the desert. It's the desert uh, with two young girls that, wow. by, by the way, we thought, wow, that was our biggest fear, wow, to change from Tel Aviv to Arad. But after six months here in the desert, they say to us, Mommy, Daddy, thank you for bringing us to this paradise. And since then, six years, I'm working day and night to promote this area, to bring Arad back to the front stage. And by the way, the fact that Spencer chose Arad for this installation, for me, it's a proof that we have a value. We are here. We are in the processes. We have prosperity in certain uh, items. We still need to work hard, but yet there is a recognition of the things that we did here. And the fact that Spencer is here, for me, it's a gift. But a question about the environmental aspect of today. What, how deeply engaged are the residents of Arad? Are you, is the municipality, in what is happening with Yam HaMelach? Is that something that is a day-to-day concern? Is it something that's only brought to the fore by, situ- by events like this, by projects? 
<coughs> when we analyze our risks, you know, I'm doing a risk management. When we look on long-term risk is the situation of the Dead Sea. Because we all understand that if the Dead Sea will disappear and we will have a catastrophic uh, area like, you know, we see now in a nutshell the sinkholes. It's a, start, it's a process that starts. But if, you want, if we won't engage now, with a plan how within 20 years we are saving this pearl we will have a problem so it's not on a daily basis that we wake up and say okay what will be with the dead sea but we all understand that in the long term we need a long-term plan there is no you know uh, a wound that with a plaster you, you right. will cover it you need to find there were two big plans how to save it one is the red dead canal that will bring water from the dead sea and the second is from the mediterranean which is a very ambitious project because you need to cross with a canal the entire state of israel uh, either both of them or either one can can give a solution uh, the fact that the shimon paris uh, was a visionary man understood that water will be he said that the next war in this region will be on water and, uh, and since then, we built five desalination plants, plants right. which actually stopped the, uh, the pump of water from the Kinneret. And this is a solution because right now you can open the, um, the dam there and, and, and we need to figure out. But it should be on the government table, understanding that it's a crisis, it won't stop. And we need a, a plan of 20 years how we're saving this pearl. So is it on the government plan? Do you feel like the national government is taking it seriously? I'm promoting it. By the way, we didn't have a government for over two years. Yeah. It affected all the plans that we have. Right. But I believe that the current government is more environmental. Mm-hmm. Um, they understand the, uh, the climate change and the, the, the crisis that we are um, about to have within 20 years. And part of it is the, uh, is the Dead Sea. It's... it's it requires a lot of resources, but I think it should be um, an, a, a, an, an aerial project It's a, with Jordan and uh, Saudi Arabia and, and, and Israel. Think big. The, the Dead Sea is not only Israel resources. Right. It's also a resource for our neighbors and they should be involved in the, in, in the solution. And one more question. The museum, obviously, Spencer Tunick, the installation... These are obviously projects that will bring attention. Do you feel like they are also projects that bring attention to Arad, to tourism in Arad, to local tourism? What does it do for you? Absolutely. It will be an anchor, for a cultural anchor. Because once you will have it, it's not a museum with uh, photos, you know, nailed on the wall. It's going to be an innovative one with the walls and ceiling and the floor. Everything is blended and you have a virtual museum and you can walk actually to be in the Dead Sea but here and I I think it's a great idea it's a very ambitious one but uh, having it here in Arad it absolutely it will contribute for tourism to be an anchor cultural uh, anchor Um, as I mentioned we were in the past people came here to create and if you want to create come to Arad you have the muse here. You have the... I'm bright, but this is an intoxicating view. It's... it's it, the vistas. Yeah. It's, it's, it's there. So um, we, we will build it. And uh, together with the State of Israel, first to promote the Dead Sea itself. Right. To, to bring more attention to the Dead Sea. 
bring more people that will come to Arad and and will go to the Dead Sea. It's not only Arad. I'm thinking regional. Right. It's the Dead Sea. I'm in the region. It's not only Arad. The region of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea lands includes Arad, the Dead Sea, Engedi. Whoever is the Bedouins in the surrounding us. It's part of the uh, product that we are selling. everyone for posing, to coming out, to bring awareness to the disappearance of the Dead Sea. Okay, listen up. I just want to thank everyone. I want, I want to thank everyone for... Can you just run away then, if you can't do it? I want to thank everyone for coming to participate. All the models, all the everyday people who came to raise awareness for the Dead Sea. It's disappearing. We need to find a way to sustain the level or for the or to bring fresh water into the sea but at the same time keep all countries surrounding with water water is life and uh i want to thank you all for coming appreciate it especially you <laughs> and the installation is going very fine we just have to keep careful for the older people we have them Everyone's taking care of each other, and that's my biggest worry, is the older people, about them being safe and walking safely. And uh, now I'm going to the third setup, and then... Uh, oh, are you pleased with the picture you got? Yeah, I think it's great. I, I did want to get people on their backs, but then I didn't want anyone to lie on that, uh, that hard, uh, the hard stone. So I think we got uh, very nice setups here, and then I want to uh, just bring attention that one of the reasons I'm here is to bring attention for uh, the deadseamuseum.com which is a virtual museum which has my work up in it right now and the museum hopefully will be a real museum in Arad one day and that will overlook the view that I just took and it will be devoted to environmental issues video and new media and so I'm here to bring awareness to the Dead Sea Museum's efforts to save the Dead Sea so, thank you so much for coming. Does it feel different from 10 years ago? How does it feel? Uh, well, there's less people. It's a more conceptual work. This one is a more conceptual work in that uh, we're turning the people into pillars of salt. And people are um, connecting to the biblical story of Lot, which I don't feel that anyone should have turned to stone. <laughs> I feel maybe a punishment of... Uh, Maybe no hummus for, you know, maybe a year, but no death. So everyone's alive here with uh, representing pillars of salt, representing the natural springs that come up from the Dead Sea. And when the natural springs come up under the water, they create pillars of salt. So the people here are representing the natural state of the spring water of the Dead Sea as it comes up through the salt water. I want to thank you everyone for coming. I think the Dead Sea is such an important, vital, eighth wonder of the world. And uh, I love all the participants who came and risked everything, risked the, their bodies, their, 
uh, reputations, <laughs> no. uh, but I, they're true, true art warriors and they're they're adventurers. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Thanks again for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Times Will Tell, recorded down in Arad for the Spencer Tunic photo shoot that probably made history. Hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Times Will Tell and a special thanks to TLV1 Studios for sound production help. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Times Will Tell on all podcast platforms. (laughs) 